You're going to do you're going to be even better before you leave. How about that? Yeah, I learned a long time ago that the greatest way to get help, come on, is to help somebody else. And that's what, what we, when we offer community and groups and those kind of things, it's that opportunity each week not only to get help, but in a group setting, uh, you get to have discussions and, and, and you build relationships and you're able to pour out uh, what's on the inside of you to other people, but you also get that from the ones in the group as well. Amen? And so we want to encourage you after church, you can sign up for a group today back here, back in the, on the left side, my left, I guess you're right. And uh, you can get a free T-shirt too. Come on, somebody, yeah. And uh, excited today. Last week, uh, and I'll talk about that more as we go this morning. But uh, Pastor Walt is in Arlington, and how many of you know we're changing the world in Arlington? We're changing the world in Abilene. We're changing the world right here in San Angelo, Texas, uh, here at the Life Church. But but we're very excited. Last week I started talking about you know how to create not only a healthy relationship with God, but but the true value is to having healthy relationships with one another. And, you know, we talked about nacho cheese. How many were here last week? Well, okay, so I will give you the other three because you've been on me about that. But, uh, uh, but I, I was looking in the Bible, I was reading the Word this morning. You know, we live in times where, where sometimes it's just high pressure. And we talked about last week how in high pressure situations, what's inside of you comes out. So if there's sin inside of us, sin's going to come out. If there's joy inside of us in high-pressure situations, joy's going to come out. Uh, the Scripture says it, it's not just what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out of their mouth. And so what's in us is always going to come out of us. And so we talked about nacho cheese last week, and uh, I still like nacho cheese. I dug in a trash can and dropped my phone in there, and uh, you can go back and listen to that. But I but found, found my phone in the bottom of it and, and had no cheese on it, no mustard. I was a Texas burger and got my phone out. God delivered me in that moment. And, uh, but I was reading the Bible this morning, something interesting. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 18, it says that David, that, that Jesse told David, he said, go down and take the captains uh, uh, a platter of 10 cheeses. So what I've discovered even more in my journey of studying the Bible this last week is that God loves nachos as well. <laughs> and uh, there's nothing wrong with it, right? And so... We want you, you to enjoy that. And another, one, another translation Wayne was telling me this morning, the Amplified, it says that they actually cut the cheese or they cut blocks of cheese. And so you do whatever you want with that. But, but I'm here to tell you today that, uh, you know, in this life, there's enough pressure, there's intense situations, there's things that we go through, but God wants us to rise up. And we talked about last week creating an atmosphere of faith, that we have the ability to change the environments that we walk into. And it's not because of us, it's because of who lives in us. We sang about it a while ago when we make room for God and we realize that it's Christ in us, the hope of glory, and that there's a light on our lives, there's a light in our lives that can make a difference. It doesn't mean that, that, it doesn't mean that we're exempt from high-pressure situations, but when Christ is in you, it should put you in a position, come on, to be ready to battle when it's time to battle. And so I was, I, was, I was studying about David in that, in that atmosphere of faith in First chapter seven, uh, Samuel chapter 17, if you want to study it out. But, but David caught a rumor that there was a, a, an uncircumcised Philistine that came to defy the army of God. And it challenged something on the inside of him because things weren't in alignment. They weren't right. And, and, and how many of you know God loves his people? Pastor, pastor teaches that not only does God guide us, but God delivers us. 
But it takes us realizing who's in us is as we step out in faith and, and we just sing about making room for God isn't just lifting your hands all the time and living in, you know, and, and in case sarah, sarah, it's releasing what God's put on the inside of you into the, into the current situations that you're dealing with. And I wish I could tell you this morning, all of those are easy. Most of them many times are high pressure situations. And so how do you deal with a high pressure situation? You can't battle in the, in the flesh. You know, you, and like, like Pastor Daniel was saying, you can go out here and start a fight in the parking lot of a school in the morning, but I'm no, I'm no, I'm no genius. I went to Lakeview and did math and all that, but the percentage of going to jail to that is pretty high, <laughs> especially in this society. Now, back in the 70s, you know, you, you're in a bar, you have a fist fight. You do, you're at the school, come on, you take it outside. Meet me at the playground at 4 o'clock. Now, if you raise your voice, come on, they're going to put the cuffs on you and put you in jail. So don't, you can't fight your battles in the flesh. Come on. But we create the environment of faith. So the scripture says that David sent, or Jesse sent David down to check on his brothers. And he's going through this process, and he's just doing what he's told to do. And he tells them to take some food down that way. And, and when he takes the food in, he begins to talk about it, and he sees the need that there's this, there's this giant in the land that they've got to face, and nobody wants to face him. Everybody's running. Everybody, everybody's fleeing. If you, if you study, study that out, I mean, they, they were in terror and David just starts asking questions because that's what a good leader does. He didn't start making statements. He starts asking questions. Well, what, what, what's to be done for the guy that beats this Philistine? And he, and he just starts, he, you know, he, he gets curious about the situation. Have you ever noticed sometimes in high-pressure situations, it's easy to leave your curiosity behind and let fear set in? But David rises up. He, he creates a different environment and, and, and I was reading another section there, and it says that his brother got upset with him because he's asking these questions, and, and he's, he's getting ready mentally to battle. He's getting ready to rise up and release what's in him into this situation to deliver the people of God. And in First chapter uh, uh, Samuel, verse 17, it says here, after this is, this is where his brother's upset, verse uh, 28, or 20, the end of 28, I should have brought my glasses, and he says, he, he, he's all over him, and, 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 and Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. You ever notice that when you're the positive guy in the room, or you're the person that wants to bring change to a negative atmosphere, it makes everybody else upset? Come on. And, and, and the reason is, is because very few people are really healthy. They, they thrive in the wrong things, and I'm going to teach us how to get in that, that position but they're upset because David's asking questions. Well, last time I checked, the way that you learn is by asking questions. And, and, and so David's just, he's curious in the moment. And it says, his brother said, why did you come down here? And whom have you left these few sheep in the wilderness? You know, they ignored David in the wilderness for years as, as he was out there tending to the sheep. But now it's about the sheep. Come on, it's not about the battle, it's about the sheep. That's called deflection. It's unhealthy in relationships. Come on. And so... David says this, he says, I know, or, or, or he says, I know your pride, this is what Eliab said to David, and your insolence of your heart, for you've come down here to see a battle. For you've come down here to see a battle. And David responds by this, he says, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Now, every time I read that scripture, every time I read, is there not a cause, something on the inside of me just wants to explode. Because it's easy, it's easy to run, it's easy to flee, it's easy to bring negative energy to the room. But David makes it makes a whole whole different, he brings a whole different mentality and he says, is there not a cause? And what he was saying was, hey bud, 
hey, brother, I didn't come down here to see a battle. I came down here to bring a battle. I didn't come down here to talk about a giant. I came down here to beat the giant. I didn't come down here, come on, to talk about messed up things and, and rehearse the problem and worry about the sheep. Come on, somebody. He said, I didn't come to see a battle. I'm stepping out in this atmosphere. I'm going to change the atmosphere in this situation. Come on. And I'm going to bring the battle of faith. Come on. And this uncircumcised Philistine is going down today. And, and, and it takes that mentality to rise up, not just, you know, not just, not just passion, but just it's wisdom to say, hey, I have Christ on the inside of me and because Christ is on the inside of me, I'm going to take the steps necessary, come on, to win the battles I face in life. If it's a marriage problem, you can beat it. If it's a kid problem, you can beat it. If it's a money problem, come on, you can beat it. But we have to activate the, the atmosphere of change. Had a couple call, call us on Friday through, through Tommy Olive said, hey, it, you know, we've been together 23 years. It's time to get married. Come on. A little late and dated, but come on. We're there at least. Come on, somebody. And, and they said, because we want to get the environment of our home right. We, we've got to get things in order. That's taking a step of faith. That's how you battle in the things of God. Come on. Pastor teach it all the time. It starts with what? Obedience. And so the, the environment of change isn't just, isn't just rising up in the flesh because because if flesh is battling flesh, all you're going to get is flesh. If anger is battling anger, all you're going to get is anger. Come on. If fear is just battling fear, all you're going to get is fear. And so what happens is, is, is we rehearse these ways of dealing with things and there's no health involved. And because there's no health involved, there's no true Bible faith involved. And, and, and that's a problem. And so God wants us to rise up and change the atmospheres that we walk into. And with God, listen to me, church, all things are possible. I don't care what you're facing today. I don't care what that enemy threw that ball across your face this morning or, or what report you're hearing in your body, with your family, whatever's going on. Come on, there is a spirit of faith that lives in you, and it's greater than the things that you deal with in the world. And we have the ability because of Christ in us, come on, to walk into dark places to walk into dark environments, high pressure, intense places, even in a recession, even in, even in economy problems, we have Christ on the inside of us where we can walk into dark places and change the environment. Come on, I'm talking to anybody this morning. There ain't no blessing. There ain't no, no quick prayer I can give you. I'm telling you right now that a little faith can go a long way. You know, the scripture says that that, that Peter wanted to walk on the water. He jumps out to walk on the water. He actually did. Then he falls in and Jesus says, oh, you have little faith. You know, it just takes a, listen, church, it just takes a little bit of faith to change the atmosphere. You know, how many people are sitting in this room today because you had a grandma, come on, who prayed? Or you had somebody in your life who was, who was covering your life in prayer. Instead of complaining about you, come on, they just threw the angels of God out there to take care of you. You don't change the environment, come on, by, by, by talking about it or complaining about it. You change the environment by engaging the Spirit of God and by releasing what's on the inside of you into your current situation. Come on. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. And so we want to release the life of God into every situation. Am I helping anybody today? And so, so, so it creates. And so there's four things that we've got to say no to. I'm going to give you one of them, and you can come back next week and get the other three. How about that? Four things that we've got to say no to. We talked about it last week. Number one, we say no to insecurity. Because with insecurity comes anxiety, and with anxiety comes fear. Come on. And, and, and fear tries to talk you out of the faith that's on the inside of your life, on the inside of your heart. 
And so we have to say no to insecurity. Now, this sounds good in theory, but it's one of the greatest struggles of mankind. If you learn to deal with your insecurity, come on, you'll go, your life will take a whole nother uh, direction in faith. But a lot of times it's the mind, it's the, it's the will, it's the emotions, it's our, the voice in our head or the, the echoes in our mind and the mistakes of our past and things that we deal with along the way where, where insecurity is always speaking. You know, David, David had a heart after, his, uh, 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 heart after God, beat the giant, beat the bear, killed the lion, did all those things. And he still had moments in his life where he failed. And even in that moment, he's in a pit, the scripture says in Psalms. He is in a dark place. Anyone ever been in a dark place? I'm the only one? Come on, somebody. Quit lying to me. Come on, you've been in some dark places. How many have been in some high-pressure situations? Are we going to play church or are we going to be the church? <laughs> High-pressure situations. David's in one of these moments and the echoes are just speaking. You're not good enough. You let your heavenly father down. You let your family down. You let, you let the people you're commanding down. God can't use you. You don't have it all together like all these other people do. And the Bible says that he cried out to God. And God heard his cry and he delivered him from the pit, the scripture says. But he heard his cry, delivered, for, delivered him from the pit and set his feet on the rock. Well, if you study that out, that word pit there means echo chamber. In other words, it's the echoes of your past or the echoes of your mistakes or the echoes of your failures that, that just keep speaking in your mind. But you know what? You need to learn today because Christ is on the inside of you. When you repent and you get it right with God and that past stuff, it doesn't have to do the speaking for you today. Come on. It doesn't, it doesn't have to do, it had to be the motivating factor in your life. Come on, the echoes of your past only come to shut you down. But God says, hey, that's not my style. Come on, I've given you faith that can move mountains. And if you can believe, all things are possible. And if you'll change the environment or engage something different and take a different step in your life, come on, and, and let faith have its proper course. It's the same, you know, uh, uh, Pastor Calhoun was talking about tithing in that moment. We don't tithe because we're insecure and, and, and we think sometimes that if we release something, we're losing. But with God, you never release what you sow. With God, you never release. I, I, uh, there's a story of a, in, in, in 1 Kings chapter 17 of Elijah, the prophet, and he steps out into, into a place. There was a drought in the land. There wasn't any rain in the land. Can I preach for one second here? Cowboys don't play for two weeks. Come on, we're in good shape this morning. And after Friday night, come on, I need some intense prayer. I'm gonna be honest with you. And so they're in a dry place. They're in a, they're in a high pressure situation. You can go to 1 Kings chapter 17 and study this out. And Elijah meets this lady and, 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 and God told him, he said, hey, there's gonna, be a, there's gonna be a drought. There's gonna be some things you're gonna face along the way. Pretty high, high pressure situation. And and. So Elijah's in this moment, hasn't eaten, he's hungry, he's thirsty, he sees this widow woman uh, uh, walking by and he says, hey, can you get me something to drink? She's like, sure, I'll get you something to drink. And he said, hey, by the way, he said, he said can you uh, go ahead and make me, a, make me a cake, can I just say it that way? Or for, for Northside, hey, make me a taco, come on somebody, a burrito. I was at, where were we at, what was the name of that place? Yesterday, La Azteca over by the movie theater. Come on now, I'm, no, I'm not gringo anymore. I was yesterday, I'm not now. <laughs> Remind me of the story I'm telling so I can come back to it. And so, yeah, the drought. Well, anyway, I went in there and saw the, the biggest, uh, what was the thing called? 
Chicharroni I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and then I was like, you know, I'm gonna buy a few peppers while I'm in here. I mean, I'm the whitest guy in there, I promise you. And, and so Kelly, Kelly has this gift and she's looking for peppers and all these things. So I go over to the hot pepper and I thought, I'm gonna surprise her, I'm gonna buy her some real peppers today. And I'm over there putting all these habaneros in the bag and these two old Spanish guys come up and they go, caliente. And I go, you got it, buddy. And I don't know, we started talking. I didn't know what they were saying. They didn't know what I was saying, but man, we had a good time. And uh, all of our lives got hotter and we're still rolling. But anyway, we're in a drought. Elijah's in a drought. He asked the lady, he said, I need a cake. She said, sir, she said, I have enough flour in the bin. I have just a little bit of oil. And there's just enough in there to make my son and I our last meal. She was in a high pressure situation, wondering how am I gonna make it through the week? There's not enough to pay my bills, there's not enough to feed my family, and there's not enough to, to get through this situation. She said, I have a little bit of oil and I got a little bit of flour. And the man of God in that moment, Elijah tells her, he says, he begins to speak in faith. He said, woman, this isn't gonna be your last meal. Come on, go ahead and do what I tell you to do. And see, when you cast your bread on the water with God, when you release what's on the inside of you to God, when you put it in his hands, Ecclesiastes says, wherever you cast your bread on the water, it finds you in many days. But with God, when it comes back to you, it never comes back on what you sold. It always comes back bigger. It always comes back multiplied. Everybody say multiply. And so he said, not only, are, not only uh, will this not be your last meal, but you'll have many meals for days to come. And the scripture said that she obeyed the voice of God in that moment. And she not, only took, she not only listened to the voice of faith, she became the voice of faith in obedience and released her gift to God. Come on. And in that moment, the Bible says that her and her son ate for many, many days. And my, my thing my, I'm trying to tell you today is you're not going to beat the economy by the economy. You're not going to beat the problem by the problem. You beat it by rising up with the spirit of God that's on the inside of you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But when you release it to God, come on, he always brings it back to you, multiplied 30, 60, and 100 fold. Are you with me here today? And that's not just good preaching. That's truth this morning. The Bible says the truth you know will make you free. And so we, we engage the environment. And so the woman went into that situation with insecurity, thinking I don't have enough, I'm not enough, we're not gonna be enough. I'm sure the responsibility of thinking I can't even feed my own child, but she came out of it in a whole new level of faith because that's what God does. Faith to faith, glory to glory, here a little, there a little. That's how your faith increases in life. But you've got to decide, am I gonna, am I gonna be the one that complains about the atmosphere or am I gonna be the one that charges the atmosphere by being obedient to God? And then trust him in the process. So insecurity tries to talk you out of that. The other thing, the other thing you gotta say no to in the process is selfishness. You can't be generous and selfish at the same time. And in this world, and in the world of darkness, how many of you know selfishness is all over the place? I was watching this thing last night, and it, it talked about people that just chase things like, you know, they're gonna have the finest and this and that. And, 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 and what I was watching, it said that they, uh, this guy looks at him and he said, what you're confusing is, is things don't equal wealth, stewardship does. He said, things don't look, you know, I've seen some people, you know, they, uh, I won't say it. Come on, somebody, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold off on that. But generosity always thinks about others. It always thinks about the cause, just like David did. He said, is there not a cause? Now, David could have just stayed out in the wilderness by himself. 
He could have just stayed in that environment out there, nobody messing with him. It's just him and the sheep. Come on. It's like sitting in a deer blind in November. I mean, it's just, it's just you and God and the sheep and the wind and the coolness. Come on, somebody. I'm waiting for October. I'm, I'm believing for a cold front. Amen. And right now I'll take 93, 92 degrees. I'll do it. I'll take it. And I'm going to rejoice. If it's, 90, if it's below 100 right now, I'm going to rejoice, right? And so David, David's in this environment. He could have just stayed in a safe environment. But he made a decision, this isn't just about me. I have, a, I have a key inside my heart. I have keys to the kingdom. I have something bigger on the inside of me. And I know because I beat the lion and the bear. I know my God. I know, I know what God can do. So I'm not going to run. I'm going to go get in the middle of that thing. And I'm going to take everything that's in my heart. And I'm going to give it away. And I'm going to sow my seed. And I'm going to release. And I'm going to tie, that I'm going to take the steps to get things in order, and then I'm going to trust God in the process. But have you ever noticed that selfishness always destroys the atmosphere? You can be in a great atmosphere, and then somebody does something selfish, and it just changes the atmosphere. But you know, just in the same way, a person can operate in a new level of generosity and begin to sow different seeds and sow seeds of love and hope and joy and passion. Am I helping anybody this morning? And make the, make, make the circumstance bigger. But I'm telling you, life will not change until you get out of yourself and start giving what God's put in your life in every capacity, time, talent, finances, every phase of life. You take whatever's yours and you say, God, I own nothing. Come on. I want to operate in, as you being, uh, being a good steward of what you've given me to oversee you. Am I helping anybody this morning? And this is how you operate. You engage in faith. And then, and so selfishness comes. How many, how many things in life have been destroyed because of selfishness? We've all seen it. We've all done it. We've all faced it. We've all, we've all had those moments where it was about the unholy trinity. Come on, me, myself, and I. And, and, and everything's about what I want, what I see. But when you get in a bigger arena, all of a sudden, come on, I'm taking the gifts of my life and I'm gonna give them away. And I'm gonna watch what God's gonna do in other people's lives. Come on, that's success. And so, no selfishness. The other thing is no confusion. We have to say no to confusion. And listen, church, the reason is is because God is not the author of confusion. God brings clarity. God brings order. God brings peace. And, and when, you're, when you're operating in relationship with God and with others, come on, I'm telling you, a little bit of peace can go a long way. And most of you, you're out there in the real world. Come on, you're gonna go to work in the morning, somebody's gonna come in angry, or you're gonna, you're gonna show up in an environment, come on, and not everybody's gonna be on the same spiritual page you are. 90% of the time, you'll find as the healthier you get spiritually, uh, you'll find that there's very few and far between people on the same level, and, you, and it becomes a very lonely place. Am I, am I talking to anybody today? That's why Jesus would come back and say, Man, I told y'all to do this. He goes off to pray, comes back. They mess the whole thing up. Come on, because that's what people do. And Jesus says, hey, I came to bring clarity. I came to bring prosperity. I came to bring joy. I came to bring things into motion. Come on, that are bigger. God doesn't see you as you are. Come on, he sees you as what he's called you to be. And listen, there's clarity in that. I don't care how hard life is today. I'm here to tell you today that God sees you in your fullest potential. And he wants to release that, but we, we say no to confusion because the enemy, come on, is the, Satan's the author of confusion, not God. And so we say no to insecurity. We say no to selfishness. We say no to confusion. And then we say no to desperation. David, if you read 1, Kings, uh, 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 1 Samuel 17, David didn't walk into that situation to face Goliath desperate. 
He walked in in full assurance and full confidence that he could beat Goliath, that he, that, that, that he was coming against the armies of the living God. Can I help you today? Desperation always causes you to make decisions you're going to regret. I've done it a million times in my life. I mean, they're in a desperate situation. I've got to get out of this. How are we going to fix this? That's how you get in debt. That's how you get in problems. Come on, am I talking to anybody here today? All of a sudden, because, we, you know, and I, and I always teach the kids this and I teach the, the staff this, is nothing's as good as you think it is and nothing's as bad as you think it is. There's a way, there is a clear path somewhere if we'll just calm down enough to let ourselves, come on, start thinking in, in, in faith and thinking through truth. And so we get in these situations, so we have to learn to say no to desperation. And we have to learn to say no to confusion. And we have to learn to say no to selfishness. And we have to learn to say no to insecurity. And I'm going to tell you right now, all four of those things are not just going to go away. You're constantly going to have to battle those four thoughts. And every time you step out to do something, you know, if I said this morning, I said, God's about to move in this place. Most of you's first thought would be, man, I wonder what he's going to do for me. And that's fair. That's fair, but it's always bigger than you are. There's always a bigger purpose. So if I'm thinking in my mind, and this is just how I've trained myself, if I say God's going to move in this place, my first thought is, I wonder how many generations are going to be changed by this. I wonder how many people who don't know Jesus are going to hear the voice of Jesus. I wonder how many of those that are not tithing this morning, but then they start tithing. Come on, in the next six months, your economy changes. Even in a recession and even in the craziness of the, the politics that we deal with in our world today. I wonder how many people are going to hook into the Life Church this morning. I'm telling you right now, the Life Church is a good church. If you're praying about a good church and your first time here, pray no longer. You just found your church. Come on. Oh, come on. I said you just found your church. I want you to come for six months, and if nothing happens at the end of that six months, then stay six more months. I learned that from Walter Hallam right there. That was a good one. But we say no to insecurity. We say no to selfishness. We've got to say no to confusion. We've got to say no to desperation. And we've got to come together in unity in a powerful way and give each other the space to grow. Health doesn't mean everything is right. I remember when I first went into ministry, uh, my dad hired me in my first job. I, I got to be the toilet cleaner, and it was fun, and I'm still good at that. My wife can attest to that. I could shine a toilet. Come on, baby, tell them. And for $25.99, I'll come clean your toilet too today. But I had the toilet position, which was important because everybody sat there. I mean, it was a really, really big job. It was going to be used. And, but then I started thinking, you know what? I, if I could clean this bathroom so good and this toilet so good, I bet I could run the worship team. I bet I could fix the youth pastor. I mean, I could get those ushers in shape. Now, granted, I'm 18 years old at the time, so nobody's listening to me. You ever been there? You, and if you're not, if you are there, it won't last forever. Learn all you can during this process. But I made a list. I went through and I made a list of all the things that I thought the church should have. And so I made this list of what the ushers were doing wrong and, you know, what the senior pastor was doing wrong, which was my dad. And not really, I didn't tell him what he was doing wrong. He'd have beat me up. And what the youth team should do and the worship team. I mean, I made him a list and Monday I went in there, I cleaned that toilet and I was so excited. And I went back in there. I thought I had made it, man. I was excited. I was going to bring clarity to this thing. And so I go in there and sit down and I hand him that piece of paper and 
I said, I think these are all the things that need to be fixed in the church. I mean, I'm a week into my employment. Come on. And he looks at that list and he looks up at me and he looks at that list and he looks up at me. And I'm thinking, man, this must be really, really good. This is blowing his mind. And, you know, he took that list and he handed it back to me. And, he, he, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't angry about it. He just said, son, you're missing the whole point. This ain't about what you think. He said, this is about being a blessing. This is about speaking into other people's lives. This is about creating an atmosphere. Come on, for God to move. Lives to be touched. Hearts to be changed. It's a bigger arena. Come on. Then, 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 then what you're thinking about. Because, you know, most back then my first thought was, man, what, what's in it for me? Now I'm thinking... How many more families? How many more kids? How many more people need Jesus? How many more nations can be reached? Come on. And the greatest way to get help is to release faith. Come on, when you need help, be a blessing to someone else. And so through this process today, we're, we're stepping out to, to create a different environment of faith. Only we're not, we're not running from the battle. And we're not just coming to see a battle. Come on, we're bringing the battle. And we're going to go into dark places. Come on and see God move in powerful, powerful ways. And that starts with us right here at the Live Church. I want you to stand to your feet with me this morning. Father, we thank you today for your goodness. Lord, we believe today that you're helping us engage. You're helping us change the environment. You're helping us bring change that even, even in dark places, Father, we just believe today, Lord, that there's a, there's a new, new, new power flowing, a different, different place. And I want to say this right there if you'll just just right there just you and Jesus have your moment so let me let me be an, uh, you know an encouragement in this this morning you know we sang the song I will make room for you I will make room for you and it's easy to sing and I'm not, I'm not I'm not speaking down on anyone listen I struggle with this as much as anyone just through busyness of life but when we, we can't just sing I will make room for you and every night, listen, I would, I would, if I was a betting man, I don't know if it's 100%, but it would be a close percentage. Every night, y'all take that powerful thing called an iPhone. Or for some of us smarter people, Androids. It's a very small percentage. Come on. Just stay, stay in a good atmosphere with me here just for a moment. Listen, listen, the, the chips are still going to be hot at Henry's. You're good. Come on. If not, I bought one of them gigantic uh, chicharronis. All of you can have a piece. We'll do communion. Let's do communion with that. Come on. What was I saying, babe? No, 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 no. The good stuff, though. Even chicharronis are good, but. Yes, and so every night, if I, if I, if I was a betting man, I would say that you take that powerful instrument and you know that powerful instrument, you, you do a lot of business on it. Some of you do a lot of social media. You do all these things on it, and it's fine. And, but if you don't charge it, it ain't worth a nickel. And so I would, if I was a betting man, you make room for that in your life. Am I right or am I right? And so every night, you got all these gadgets and these chargers and these things because we've prepared for that. Because we're not going to go into tomorrow. We're not going to go into tomorrow without having proper communication. We're not going to go into tomorrow without having the ability to speak and to communicate and do business and all those things. So what do we do? We make room for it. And we charge it. And every night you go to bed, I promise you that you're, you're putting that charger in there. Well, if you're going to make room for Jesus, 
If you're going to make room for the power of God, you're going to make room for the wisdom of God to lead you and to guide you. Listen, there has to be moments in the morning or moments in the noontime or moments in the evening time or before you go to bed where you engage yourself into that spiritual charger, come on, called the Word of God, the power of God, the Spirit of God, and you charge yourself up, you build yourself up, the Scripture says, praying in the Spirit with your most holy faith. And so I want to encourage you today, listen to me, two and a half men, you've watched all the episodes, it's probably not going to change your life. And you have this, this power in your life and it's just sitting there many times. And it's just in the process of life. But listen to me, the moment that you decide I'm gonna charge it up, come on, I'm gonna take what's in my life and I'm gonna connect myself with the Holy Spirit who charges our lives spiritually. It's just a matter of time, listen to me, before you become a powerful force to change any environment that you walk into. You may walk into divorce, you may walk into painful moments, you may walk into mess ups, breakups, uh, uh, people that are, that, are, that are down and out or whatever, but I'm telling you, there's a power in you to go home today, charge up the atmosphere of faith, come on, and release who Jesus says that you are into every single environment that you face. When we go into this fall, come on, we're not going into this fall beat down, broke down, we're going into this fall rising up in a spirit of faith, come on. Believing God, hoping God, joy in God, and changing the environment. Come on, somebody, everywhere that we go. Lift your hands with me this morning. Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we say move in this place. We ask you, Father God, just to stir us up to new places today. I pray blessings over every person, Father. Give them the courage today. Guide them, lead them, deliver them in Jesus' name. If there's anyone here today and you said, Pastor, I've never received Jesus as Lord of my life then this is your moment right here. Just say this with me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I believe that you, God, raised your son from the dead, and I'm rising up in faith today, and I declare today that I'm born again and in new places in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray right now over families and homes and marriages and children, Father God. I pray that the Spirit of God stirs us up to new places I take authority over every dark place. I take authority over every lie, every insecurity, every avenue of confusion, desperation, and selfishness today. And Father, we declare as a church today that your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a shout this morning.